Good morning, church. Glad to see y'all here this morning. It's gloomy outside. Y'all came out anyway. Praise the Lord. Man, I'll tell you, who's thankful for that, that Jesus paid it all this morning? I, you didn't hear me. Who's thankful that Jesus paid it all this morning? Amen. Amen. Just give God a hand clap. That's praising this morning, guys. I mean, think about what your life will be, at, be like without Jesus. I couldn't imagine my life without Jesus. I couldn't imagine my life without the peace that he gives, without the security that he gives. I couldn't think of my life without Jesus. So many times we come in and out of church and we neglect the price that Jesus paid for us. We, we just come in here and it's nonchalant and it's, it's kind of like we, uh, we uh, we're kind of accustomed to it, so we just put it off. Every single day we need to wake up and be thankful the price that Jesus paid so that we may have the opportunity to even be in his presence today. A lot, of us, a lot of us don't even, some of you in this room don't even know what I'm talking about because you're looking at me all crazy. When you really understand what it means to be in the presence of Jesus, you never want to leave. You never want to stop. You never want to quit. You, no matter what kind of hell you're going through, you don't want to stop because you know what he's done in your life and you know what he can do. And come on, y'all, anybody with me this morning? Amen. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin left a crimson stain but he washed it white as snow. I mean, I love that old hymn. I love that old hymn. Because every time I, I sing that song, I think about where he found me. This religious man going to church, going through the routine, playing the game, but never really loving Jesus. Maybe that's you this morning. Maybe that's where God's, maybe that's where you're at this morning. Maybe you've been coming to church, you've been through the routine, and, 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 and you don't really know what it means to really love Jesus. You, never, you don't have that passion, that desire to really pour it all out for him. That's what this whole series is about. This scandalous series we've been going through is really just trying to show you there's more to, more to Christ than just religion. There's more to Christ than just going to church. It's about pouring your life out for Jesus. Amen? Amen. I mean, that's, that's what it's about. As I was sitting back there praising and singing, and, and you know, I, I, I told you I was scarred early on in my walk with God. I started praising him one day at church, and people kind of looked at me all crazy, so I was scared to raise my hands. So you know what I do now? I just close my eyes and raise my hands anyway. That way I can't see people looking at me. I ain't worried about what nobody thinks about me. It's just me and Jesus right here. So as I was standing in the back, my hands raised high. I don't know who was praising him and who wasn't, but let me tell you something. I'm not praising him for you. I'm praising him for me. And I don't know who was praising Jesus a while ago, but I'm going to tell you a little something. If you can't raise your hands and thank the Father, thank the God that created you for sending Jesus, then you don't know Jesus all that well. If you worry so much about what people are going to think about you, then you don't love him like you say you love him. And I'm just going to be straight with you this morning. We should be serving God out of gratitude of our heart, amen? We should be saying, thank you, Jesus, for what you've done for me because I could have been over here. I could have been, I could have been broke down, destitute, dying over here, but instead, God, you found me in this lowly place and brought me to redemption, and we should be thankful for that, amen? amen. Every single morning. I'm sorry, I'm going to start preaching the text in a minute, but I'm telling you, that's got me jacked up this morning. Before I go any further, I just want to remind you guys that in, in uh, Easter... Uh, Easter Sunday, we're having baptisms. And, we, and last year, 
uh, man, we baptize a pile of people. And this year, I hope God moves in such a way in your heart that, that God brings you to the place where you say, I, I want to follow Jesus. But let me tell you, baptism to me means more than you just getting your hair wet. It's about you saying, I have decided to follow Jesus, and I'm turning my back on my old life, and I'm walking in the new. Not saying that, hey, I, I want people to see that I, I want people to see that I raised my hand. I want people to see that I'm going to church. I want to be associated with this church. I don't, I don't care if you're associated with this church. I want you to be associated with Jesus Christ. Amen. I want you to be walking with him every single day. And that's what baptism is about, and that's what it's about here at Connection Miller. And I want you, if God's moving your heart, and you, maybe, maybe you got saved after you got baptized. That happened to me. I got baptized. We're going through the routine, playing the game. I got baptized. It didn't mean nothing. I just got to take a bath in a cool swimming pool. And, and after that, I, I, when I, when I, later in my life, I, I came to know Jesus. And when I came to know him, I waited. I didn't know. I said, I done done that. I done been baptized. There's an order in which God wants you to do things. Surrender your life and then believers baptism. That's just the way it is. Baptism don't save you, but it's still in the whole world. I've changed. I want you to know that I've changed. So if God's moved in your heart and you, need, and you want to take that next step of being, being baptized, go to our next step table so we can get you signed up so we can know how many we need to, to get. We've got to patch the hole in our baptism pool because last time Kyle had to mop up water the whole time. But uh, we're going to do that. So we just y'all just, y'all just sign up. But baptism doesn't happen unless lives get changed. Amen? Lives don't get changed unless we're living it, right? God's, going, God's called us to be his people to go out into the world and reach this lost and dying world. That's what he's called us to be. Not a bunch of people to come and sit on a pew and, and, and put a cross on our neck and, and put stickers on our car and wear the cool T-shirts. That ain't what he called us to do. He called us to, to be a voice to go and show the world that Jesus Christ changed me and he can change you. But we won't do that. Being comfortable just going to church and going through the motions. Think about that. It just it, it blew my mind when I realized the potential that I had at work at one time. I thought all it meant to be a Christian was that it was about me. I got saved. I followed Jesus. I went to church. Done. I'm going to heaven. See y'all. Every man for himself. That's not what God created you for. He created you to be the light of the world. He created you to shine before men so that you can point other people to Christ. Everywhere you go, not just saying, I go to this church, not being associated with the church, but saying, I am a follower of Christ. Come follow me and let me show you Jesus. We should be showing people Jesus every single day. Amen? Amen. Y'all going to be quiet on me today. It's going to be a long day. Y'all better come on. But see, that's what God's called us to be. We're going to be in Luke chapter 15 this morning uh, for a little bit. But God's heart is for us to reach the lost, not out of obligation, but out of love. Because you love people. Because you love Jesus. It was a, scary, it was a very sad statistic that I read a while back. Was It says most Christians, and I don't know when they took this poll, but it, it was put out by the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. It says, for most Christians, if you live in the United States, the whole time frame that they live, they claim to know Christ. They may share the gospel with one person one time before they die. 
Why? Why? And I, I, it blew my mind because I was telling everybody about Jesus. Like, well, I'm an overachiever. I'm telling everybody. But that's not it. I, I'm, I'm, I'm 100% convinced that you will tell the magnitude in which you tell people the difference Christ has made in you is the magnitude in which he has delivered you from your sin. Y'all picking up what I'm putting down? Those who have been forgiven much are very much grateful. People that you only come to Christ and you don't give him all your life, you don't give him but a little bit, you're not going to tell people because it's all about you and your comfort. It ain't about Jesus. And in the culture we live in today, it's scandalous in the, in the face of all the religious people because it's all about us in this church instead of me reaching people for Christ. We can do more, all of us together, amen, than me just preaching on Sunday. Your life preaches on Monday, on Tuesday, on Wednesday, on Thursday, at the hunting club on Friday and Saturday. I sure got an amen, but nobody wants to say amen about a hunting club. I, man, I'm telling you, you've got to be on mission everywhere you go. But you won't if life is about you. It won't. As I read Luke chapter 15, it was the parable of the lost sheep. He says in verse 1, you ready? All right, verse 1. It says, now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathered around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners to eat with him. Now, hold on just a second. Let me stop right there. How are we going to make a difference in the world if all we hang out with is saved people? Come on. How are we going to make a difference in the world if the only people that we can have in our group is the people that, that, that love Jesus and that read their Bibles? We're not making a difference. We're just, we're just, being, we're just trying to, to keep this thing going inside of us. We, it's all about us. It's not about reaching the world. Jesus is the one we should model our life after. Amen? Amen? And it says that he was eating. He was, he, was, he was gathering. There was sinners. There was tax collectors. All there to hear him. And the religious people, the Pharisees, says this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. He welcomes sinners and eats with them. How are we going to make a difference in the world if we're not out in the world making a difference? People's got to know that you care about them before they're going to listen to anything you got to say. There's people out there that will come to church, that will come to a service, but they won't come because of our religious attitude. We act like we're better than them because we come to church. And reality is they're just being real and you're being fake most of the time. Because your sin is just as bad as theirs, but you cover yours so good. But they just got theirs out in the, in the, in the daylight. We're truly walking with God. Our heart will be broken for those that don't know him. And we won't do anything we can do to get them in because God has a heart for the lost sheep. Verse 3, it says, Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you have a hundred sheep and lose one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me. I found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who will not repent. That was just an uppercut right there if y'all didn't know it. The heart of Jesus 
to seek and save the lost. And that should be our heart as a believer of Jesus Christ. But in the Bible Belt, where we all grew up, it's about going to church and, 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 and being involved in the church. And what happened is the church is not the light of the world. We, like, we, we want to shine right here in this room. But when we get out of this room, we turn the light off. And that's not what Jesus called us to be. Only we're going to reach people that are suffering, that are hurting, is they got to see it real in your life, Christian. They got to see it real in my life. We got to be walking it out every single day. And our actions speak louder than our words. It speaks louder than our T-shirts. It speaks louder than our bumper stickers. We've got to live it out every day. And when I read it, when I read this, it kills. It just it just kills me because people don't understand how important it is that we go to those that are hurting. Right there, it says that, that he leaves the ones that are safe and goes to those that are lost. See, see, I get this parable now because I have sheep. And yeah, I'm one of them weirdos that's got sheep. But I, got, I had 10 of them, and seven died. I'm not a very good shepherd, but I'm working on it. Wasn't my fault, wasn't my fault. They got to have a will to live. But anyway... Anyway, the thing is, is the attitude of the church today is that they want, you want them to come to you. We want the world to come to us. They ain't coming to us. You know why? Because they don't think they love us or care about us. When I first got my sheep, they delivered them at the house. I went to go feed them, and they was on the other side of the pasture. wouldn't come nowhere near me. You know why? Because they didn't know me. It took me time to go spend time with them sheep and, and get them to realize that, that hey, I, I love them, I care about them, and now they'll come running at the sound of my voice. See, the world outside got to know that we love them and cares about them before they're going to listen to anything you got to say. And, and constantly preaching to them isn't going to change anything. You've got to show them that you love them before they're going to listen to anything you have to say. And God says that he went after that one and left the 99. I mean, the attitude in the church today is, look, this is, this is all about me right now. This is about my relationship with God. This is about where I am. This is about me. You worry, I'm going to worry about me. You worry about you. And, you know, when I get to heaven, I'll see you there. That's, that's most people's attitude. It's not that God put me here to walk with him and lead other people to Christ. And God's called us as, as his church to reach out to those that are hurting, to reach out to those that are lost, to reach out to those that claim to be Christian but are not. God's called us to reach out to those and show them what a loving relationship with Jesus looks like. That's scandalous in today's culture. That's scandalous in, in, in the Bible Belt right now because it's all about easy believism. Let's all just get to heaven and let's don't live it here on earth. And that's not what I'm living. That's not what my Bible says we should do. And that's what I want to expect you to do. See, a lot of people in the church today, we like, look, I don't have time to go and deal with anybody's problems. Because people are, man, people are, are, are dirty. People are, they're, they're, they're time-consuming. There's drama. People carry drama. Man, I don't like drama. But people carry drama. And if you get into the lives of other people, you're going to have to get your hands dirty. But that's the thing. We want it to be nice and neat and clean, and it's not that way all the time. But Jesus said that, you would leave, that we would leave the 99 and go after the one. All of us in this room know one person that has been running from God. And a lot of reasons why people are running from God is because nobody's really showed them the love and compassion of what it means to truly follow Christ. 
Think about that for a minute. Think about that. You know, I got to thinking about why would he leave the 99 and go after the one? Why, why would he do that? Why, why would he do that? Because he, he valued that one sheep. See, God values everybody. There's nobody more important than anybody else in this room. All of us have equal value in God's eyes. He loves us all the same. But the reason you won't go after other people is because they have less value in their eyes than you do, than your own self. We value ourselves higher than other people. I ain't getting to a man's day, am I? Not even then. I hear you. Y'all hard-hearted people. All right. But anyway, the thing is, is that he loves the sheep. What makes me realize he loves the sheep is because he counted them every single day. He said 99. He didn't say the flock. He said 99. He knew how many was there. He knew what was going on. Let me tell you, God knows what's going on in your life today. God knows what happened yesterday. God knows what's going to happen tomorrow. God knows the, God knows the amount of hairs on your head. That means he knows if some fell out last night. And some of us, he's got more arithmetic than others up in here. But the thing is, God knows where you are. We're not fooling anybody. God loves you. God loves your neighbor. God loves the prostitute just as much as he loves the preacher. We've got to quit putting a value system on other people and start loving people the way Jesus loves you. And that's what the thing. He, he loves the sheep, so he counts them. I mean, the reason many of you don't go after people that are straight is because you don't love people. You don't love people. That's the number one reason. We love ourselves more than we love anybody else, and we don't love other people. And to be a follower of Christ, that means we put ourselves second and put other people first. What does, God, what does Jesus say? If you want to be great in the kingdom, come on, anybody can finish that out besides some preachers that are up in here. Huh? To be first in the kingdom means you have to be last. What does that mean? That means if I want to be first in the kingdom, it means I have to serve other people. That means I'm not the most important person on the planet. Some of y'all need to write that down. Huh? Put that on the refrigerator. Come on. Act like y'all ain't struggling with it. I mean, you need to say, hey, I'm not the most important person on the planet. God put me here to reach other people, and I have to be the one that goes after the lost sheep. And we make so many excuses. I, you know, we, we put it on our schedule. I don't have time for that. What's that, what that woman say? Ain't nobody got time for that. You know, we don't have time to do that. God, I don't have time to go talk to that person about their problems. I don't have time to go do this because, because of this, because of that. We put all these excuses, and God's not care. He don't care about your excuses. He gives you a job to do, and it's up to us to do it. But the reason we don't do it is because we don't love Jesus the way we say we do. I'm going to be straight with you. I'm going for the juggler this morning. That's the real reason. The reason we don't do what we say we're going to do is because we don't love Jesus the way we say we love Jesus. We can sing, oh, Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin is left a crimson stain that washed me white as snow. We can raise our hands in this safe little environment, but do, you, do, do your coworkers know that he washed your sins white as snow? Do your coworkers know that you love Jesus? Does the, does the lady at Fred's that's struggling to make ends meet know that you love Jesus? We're not, we're not being the light of the world. We're not going out to the lost sheep. We're not going after those because we're worried about ourselves because it's safe. And if we're going to make an impact in this county, we've got to stop worrying about us as much and start focusing on the people God sent us to make a difference on. Amen? Because he said, he came for us to seek and save the lost guys. See, 
I was reading last night. Last night, I got home late, and I went out there to feed my sheep, and it was late. And I was feeding the sheep, and Sabrina was in bed. It was like 10.30, and, and I was out there, and I was aggravated. I didn't want to be out there. I was ready to be in bed, and I was out there, and I hadn't been with them all week long. Been busy. That I didn't know who I was. So I took my little chair, and I sat it down where they was eating, and I sat down. So that I could just be in the presence of my sheep so that they would know that I care about them. And eventually, after a little while, they began to come a little close and come a little close. And then they realized, hey, that's Jeremy. He loves me. He's here to feed me. He cares about me. See, the reason we're not making a difference in the world is because we're not out there telling people and showing people that we love them and care about them. For some reason, along, along the way, we've, we've said, you know what? I, being that we're not, we're not, we're not going to partake in sin, we're not going to be a part of sin, so we cut ourselves out of anything in the world. And we put this little religious box around us, and we're like, I'm going to operate right here, and if you don't come in my box, then you know what? You can go to hell. That's pretty much what we're saying. That's pretty much what we're saying. And that's not what, my, what Jesus, Jesus went and ate with sinners. He didn't have a religious box. He went to people. Now, no doubt, there's times in your life when you are starting to follow Christ, you've got to separate yourself from things that's going to influence you. I had to separate myself from the party crowd because if not, I was going to be right back there. But let me tell you, I've got to the point to where I can go back right there in the middle of the drinking, right there in the middle of partying, and it's okay because me and my Bible and me and Jesus, and I don't care. It don't affect me anymore. But it's when you get strong, you, that's when God's got, you got to remember what God's called you out of, church. You got to remember, and, and God called you. Everybody's got a different story. Everybody struggled with something differently. You know why? So that we can go to the people that are struggling with the things that we struggled with. Everybody's not had a busted up marriage, a messed up marriage. I remember when we and Sabrina got through with all that junk we, was, we were going through, and Sabrina said, God's going to use this. And I was so prideful that time, I was like, he, he might use you saying it, but I ain't going to talk about it. Don't nobody but a select few know that, that we had some trouble, some troubles and some trials, and I ain't telling nobody. My family don't even know. But can you tell that God's kind of broke that away from me? <laughs> don't feel like you went through all those things in vain. God puts you through the things that you went through so you can be a light to those that are struggling in the same things that you're struggling in. But you got to be bold enough to step out in that. You got to love people enough to be visible, to be transparent. You got to swallow that pride and say, you know what? I was jacked up. I was messed up, but my God delivered me and give people hope. See, the church is the hope of the world, but we don't give them that hope. We're not giving people hope because it's all about us and we don't want people to think bad about us. They don't want people to think, they want nobody to think that we had issues. It's okay that they all jacked up, but whoa, let's don't tell them about my stuff. But he says he went after. The one. Let me tell you something. Who up in this place is happy that he went after the one? Because you know what? You were the one. You were the one. You were the one. You were the one. We were the ones that he left the whole flock to come after. The thing is, we, the reason we're so ungrateful is because we've forgotten that he left it to come after us. He left them to come after you, to deliver you, to come after you. He loved you that, no, that much. So why don't we just come out of our comfort zone and go after those that Jesus loves too? He didn't call us to come up in this place every single week. 
and play this religious game. He called us to make a difference in the world. And the way we do that is shining our light before men. But the only way you're going to shine your light is the light's got to be cut on. Amen? See, when I read John 21, Peter had failed him. Peter had denied him. But when I read John 21, it just, man, it just gets me. John 21, verse 15, says, When they finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said, do you love me more than all these people? Because remember, Peter said, Jesus, I will never, I don't care if everybody else denies you, I'm not going to. I love you more than all these people. He said that. He put his own foot in his own mouth. And Jesus says, do you love me more than these? And he says, yes, Lord. You know that I love you. He said, feed my lambs. And again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he answered, he said, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said, well, take care of my sheep. And the third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know all things and you know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. See, Jesus didn't ask Peter, did he love the sheep? You notice that? He didn't say, Peter, do you love the sheep? He said, Peter, do you love me? You're picking up what I'm putting down? He didn't say, Jesus, he didn't say, hey, do you love your neighbor? He didn't say, do you love your, your, your brother that you've been mad at for 10 years? Do, do you love... Your co-worker, that's hard to work. He didn't say, do you love? No, he didn't say that. He said, do you love me? Do you love me? See, we're not going to go after the one unless we love the only one. He says, do you love me like you say you do? He said, yes, Lord, you know I do. It was a defining moment in Peter's life. And a lot of times this scripture is given to, to pastors and, and, and teachers, but I'm telling you today that this, is, this, this goes directly to us as people that are claiming to, be, to know Jesus and claiming to be walking with him. It's because there's a response to your love for Christ. When you say you love Jesus, you're going to put feet to that fire. Amen? You're going to start walking out. You're going to take steps of obedience. You're not going to just sit there and dry rot on the pew. You're going to sit there and be walking. You're going to make steps of obedience. You're going to do what Jesus tells you to do. And no matter if it's, if it's hard, no matter if you don't want to, why do you do it? Because you love Jesus. My wife asks me to do stuff all the time I don't want to do. Wash the dishes. Man, I don't want to wash no dishes. Man, I remember when we, when we first, got, first got married, we didn't have no dishwasher. We just got one. Praise Jesus. Woo, that was good stuff. But we didn't have a dishwasher. And so you know who the dishwasher was? Me. I'll never forget, I'm washing dishes one day, and Sabrina was, I got to tell the story. She was training. She was trying to lose weight. She was out there boxing, and uh, I think Shannon had something to do with this, but she was boxing, and she was like, let me show you what I learned today in boxing classes. All right. Here I am washing dishes. Suds on my hands. I turn around, and she's doing a little fancy footwork. Jab, jab. Boom! Hits me dead in the nose. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, oh, God, and then she has, a, she's got the boxing gloves on. She's, oh, my God, and she grabs the side of my face. I said, woman, take them gloves off or you kill me. 
But I was washing the dishes because my wife wanted me to. Why did I do that? Because I love my wife. And she took those boxing gloves off because she loved her husband and she didn't want to kill me. We do things, a lot of times, things that we don't want to do out of love. And the reasons we don't do things is because we don't love enough. The reason we don't forgive those that have hurt us is because we don't, it ain't that we don't love the person. I think a lot of times it's because we don't understand the love of Jesus. Because he forgave us when we didn't deserve to be, to be forgiven. Nothing in us is good. And I remember, see, there's a response to that. There's a response to how much that he loves us. The love of Christ, our, our love for him in his suffering should motivate us and enable us to stay the course, but also to, to, to do the things God's called us to do, to take those steps of obedience. See, those things he says, he said, look, I want you to feed my lambs. I want you to tend my sheep. I want you to feed my sheep. Let me tell you, feeding lambs, but lambs are baby sheep. They are hard to keep alive. They take a lot of work. They take a lot of effort. You have, to, you have to spend a lot of time with them. Same thing with baby Christians. Some people are high maintenance. Some of y'all should have said amen. Some of y'all husbands should have said amen. But some people are high maintenance. It takes a lot to keep them going. But you know why you keep going? Because you have value in that lamb. You love that person. You care about that person. You're willing to go to the ends of the earth for that person because you love them and you have value in them. God's called us to walk with people, not give up on people. Not say, hey, you know what? You just screwed up, and I'm not helping you anymore. No, God's called us to walk alongside because if, I, if he would have done that to me, he would have quit on me a long time ago, and you too. So we look at people with these jaded glasses and forget what God has done in our own life and what he's walked with us through. There's action that we have to take if we truly love Christ, and that feeding the lambs, that's one of the things that God's really been, really been putting in my heart is we've got to walk with people that they're, they're just now accepting Christ and show them what it means to love Jesus. And when they mess up, you know what? We don't kick them down. We help pick them back up. And let me tell you, some of them going to be kicking and screaming because the, 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 the lure of the world is prying on them too much. But you know what? That's when we get a hold of them and we don't quit. We don't stop because we see the value in Christ in their life. And we give up too easy because it's too messy, it's too dirty. We don't want to do that. But when following, be a follower of Christ, we have to love people. If we love Jesus the way we're supposed to, we will go to the ends of the earth so that people will know Jesus. Amen? We will do whatever it takes so that they finally get it because of the compassion and love in our heart for our brothers and sisters. We won't turn. So many people are so quick to just dust, brush the dust off their feet instead of getting... Their sandals dirty. Let me tell you something. I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for a really, really good friend of mine that didn't give up on me. And when I went to church drunk, he didn't quit praying for me. That when I was acting like I was saved, but I wasn't, he seen right through my fakeness, but yet he didn't cast me out he didn't say you're too far gone he told me that I was wrong he told me that Jesus loved me and he told me that the only time I would ever have peace in my life was when I truly surrendered my life to Jesus and it wasn't for my friend not giving up on me 
there's no telling where I would be right now. And there's people like that in your life. But so many times we come to church and we get a self-righteous attitude and it's like life is about me and you get to heaven the way, the best way you can. The way we, pop up, brother. You know how we get to heaven? Holding each other's hand. Walking with our brothers and our sisters that are hurting. Caring enough. Caring enough. To say, you know what, I don't care what you've done, but I love you enough to go and get you and bring you back. Instead of doing this. Instead of doing that. How many people in your life have you been doing that to? How many people have you hurt? Because they ain't good enough for your standard. You're judging people by the way you want them to live instead of the way Jesus wants them to live. Thank you, brother. God's called us to be the light of the world. And the light that shines the further, it shines the brightest at home. And the only way we're going to shine bright at home is we've got to love. We've got to live and we've got to forgive. We've got to grab the hand of those that are struggling and walk with them. Instead of judge them and say, you get right on my terms. Thank God Jesus didn't do that to me. There's a difference in love and being stern. Because my friend didn't say, hey, Jeremy, you know what? You came to church drunk, that was okay. No, he, he, got, he scolded me from time to time. He told me I was wrong. But the reason I kept coming back is I knew he loved me. It was coming from a loving heart. I, I'm going to close, God. I just feel like the Holy Spirit is telling me to. We won't make an impact in this world until we love Jesus like we say we do. And you can come to church all you want to. But it don't change until your heart changes. We was back there praying. Me and Mr. Nick and Ms. Joyce was holding hands praying and God just laid on my heart. There's so many people to come in this place every single week with their hearts hard. Oh, it's pliable to certain things. But there's spots in your heart that are hard toward the gospel. The good news of Jesus Christ isn't just the good news of salvation. It's the good news of transformation. That we have an opportunity to be transformed into the likeness of Jesus Christ if we love him more than ourselves, if we love him more than anything else. He looks at Peter with the compassionate look and he says, Peter, do you love me more than these? And he's looking at you this morning. He's like, do you love me more than all this junk in your life? Do you love me more than wanting to be accepted by your friends? Do you love me more than wanting people at work to think that you're something that you're not? Do you love me more? Because when we love Jesus the way we say we love Jesus, we make a difference. There's fruit in that. Me and Sabrina's got a little lemon tree, and Sabrina's trying as hard as she can to make that thing live. She's been spending so much time with that lemon tree. She made me get out of bed the other night and go get it out of the cold and bring it in the house because she wants that thing to live. 
Is there people in your life that you want to know Jesus that intently? That you're willing to go in the cold, you're willing to do whatever it takes so that they come to the saving grace of Jesus Christ? Because it won't happen. If I would have stayed inside in my little comfortable little house, that lemon tree would have been dead because it got too cold for them. There's people out here, maybe you're here today, they're just, you're wanting to know that Jesus loves you. You're wanting to know that Jesus cares for you. You're wanting to know that there's, there's power in the name of Jesus. You want to know that there's more to life than this dead religion that you've been coming and showing up to. There's the emptiness in your heart. There's this, there's this desire for something different, and you've been filling it with all this other junk, and nothing seems to satisfy. But yet, the only thing that's going to do it is Jesus, I'm here to tell you. If that's you this morning, I just want you to raise your hand and say, I want to follow Jesus. I want to surrender my life. I want to give it to him today. We do this every week. Well, God's been speaking to me. There's a lot of you in this room don't love Jesus the way you say you do. Because if you love Jesus the way you say you do, there'd be fruit. There'd be fruit. You wouldn't be the same bitter, mad Christian. You'd forgive and you'd let go. You wouldn't be the same person that comes in and out. You, would be, you wouldn't be coming by yourself all the time because you'd be dragging people with you. You wouldn't show up to small group without reading your Bible because you're hungry to see what the Spirit's going to tell you. You have not because you won't not. And if we're going to make a difference, if God's going to change this community, if he's going to use us to do it, then we've got to get it together, church. And that's what this altar's for. And that's what this time's for. And if you're serious, let's do this thing. Let's surrender. Let's say, God, I want whatever in my life is blocking me from you, from you using me the way you should, the way you want to, God, reveal it to me today. That's what the altar's for. If you're okay with being like you are, stay in the seat. By all means, stay in the seat. But if you truly love Jesus, you truly want to make a difference, and you truly want to see this whole community transformed, then come to this altar and get on your knees and say, Lord, God, change me. And I'm not above you because I'm going to be the first one down here. I'm tired of coming in and out of here and it being dead. I'm tired of us not making a difference. The only way we make a difference is all of us have to live it on mission every single day. And if we're not going to do it, we might as well stop coming because God called us to be the light of the world and be on purpose and be on mission for Him. None of us are granted tomorrow. None of us are granted tomorrow. Do you love Him? When I start praying, y'all start coming. Father God, we love you. And Lord, right now, Lord Jesus, I pray, God, that you would ignite a fire in our stomachs, Lord. That, God, we would would dare to stay the same, Lord Jesus. Lord, that we would love you with the same compassion that you called us to, Lord. Lord, help us not play games. God, help us, Lord, pour our hearts out to you, Father. I pray, God, there's anybody in this room, Lord, don't know you. And, God, they would surrender their lives to you. Father, minister to our hearts. God, show us, Lord, the deep depravity in our souls. Lord, the things that we're holding on to that we need to let go of, then God, show us, Lord. Give us the courage to walk away from the sin that's holding us down, Lord. Move in a mighty way, Lord Jesus. 
name we pray. Amen. God's got something on your heart that you need a special prayer for, come front. Me and some of the prayer team would love to pray with you. Sometimes people take when I shout that I'm mad. I'm not mad. I just want people to get it so bad. So bad. Because I know where I was and I know where Jesus found me and I know what he's done in my life. And I want people to get it. And my my desire for all of you guys is that you wouldn't just be the person that walks in and out of doors, but you would take steps every day. So consciously right now, when you leave this place, think about the next steps you need to be taking. Think about who you need to go to. Think about how God can use you. Continue this week saying, Lord, search my heart and there's areas in my life that I don't love you the way that I say I do, then God showed me so that I may repent and I may walk closer to you, Lord. And that's your homework. That's your homework. We're gonna grow, right? Amen? We're gonna be obedient, right? Amen? We're gonna love Jesus the way we say we do, amen? And we're gonna make a difference in this community, amen? Amen. Amen. Come on.
I'm serious. We're going to change this world if one person at a time. We've got to show them the love of Christ. And it all starts, not with me, but with you. I'm going to pray. I'm going to dismiss us. And y'all have a great day. And I love you. If y'all need anything, text me, email me. If y'all need some prayer, let's pray. Father God, we love you so much. And God, I thank you for how your spirit moved here today. God, I thank you, Lord, for how much you love us. And God, how you left, Lord, how you left all those people to come after me. God, how your spirit came and was seeking out each of us in this room. And God, I thank you that you found me, Lord. A drunk, a bar hopper, a religious person, but God, you didn't leave me there. You didn't leave me where you found me, but God, you took me by the hand and you brought me out. Lord, help us never forget what you brought us out of. God, help us never serve you out of an ungrateful heart, Lord. God, move in us. God, change us. Lord, keep us faithful this week. Lord, I pray we would leave here today and have more hunger than we've ever had and have more desire than we've ever had to love you the way that we say we do. So, Father, I pray that the fruit of our life would show the love in our hearts. God, help us make a difference. God, help us change this community. And it's in your mighty name we pray. Amen.